Welcome to the Christy Taylor Show. I'm Christy Taylor. Happy October, fully into autumn. And with this month comes a very important topic to me, and that is domestic violence awareness. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And to help me talk about this particular subject and shed light on great opportunities to help those who are struggling with this, those who are impacted by it, is going to be a very dear friend of mine who I've interviewed over the years, and she's back. We're talking Joyce Kyle. She's the founder of an amazing organization, Walking Into a New Life. She's a speaker, an author, and a coach, award-winning internationally accredited speaker, trainer, a two-time Amazon best-selling author, visionary coaching consultant, and once again, the founder and CEO of Walking Into a New Life and the CEO of Joyce Kyle's Consulting. Her humbling accolades, awards, and publications include features in the Huffington Post, Mogul, the Memphis Flyer, Tri-State Defender, Black Press USA, the New Orleans Tribune, also the Welcome Green Book for Black Tourists. And she's been named the 2017 Crime Victim Advocate of the Year. Joyce is also a proud wife, mother, Mimi, community advocate and volunteer. Welcome to the Christy Taylor Show. Hi. How you doing, Christy? Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you. Pre prior to the show, I was like, wow, it's been a minute since I saw you. The last time was at Soulfish Cafe in Midtown. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Me and one of our other mutual friends, and you were about to go on an excursion work-related, and we'll get into that. Um, but yes. first, I would love for people just to know, first of all, about Joyce Kyles. I know you are you know, got deep roots in Memphis. Let's talk about your brief bio. Okay. Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me on the show. Always a pleasure to work alongside of you. Uh, so I am Joyce Kyles. I am the uh, founder and CEO of Walking Into a New Life. And our mission is to provide community awareness as well as tangible resources for people who've been impacted by domestic violence. Uh, then I also have my own uh, Joyce Kyles consulting business where I do a lot of teaching, speaking, facilitating, uh, coaching individually as well as groups. Uh, and, and so we spend a lot of time talking about just what your vision, what your goals may be and how to manifest them so that you can create the life that you desire and deserve. So I love what I do in each space and looking forward to being able to share a bit more about this topic uh, with your viewers today. So thank you. You're very, very welcome. And thank you. And as always, you know, even when I was doing traditional radio, you were one of the people that I always pulled on um, for my public affairs show. And um, I'm grateful to have you here again. Now, of course, with October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, you know, we do want to get into how you got into this particular space. Also, what took you abroad and what you have going on here in 2020. Okay. Well, um, you know, like so many people who work in uh, social services, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're doing your own thing, it comes from a place of personal experience. Uh, so with me, uh, I am a survivor of domestic abuse and some of the intersections that are associated with that. And I really wanted to lead with that because I want people to understand that domestic violence is more than just physical. And so, you know, for so many people that, that I've gotten to know over the years, 
they didn't recognize that they were going through abuse because we always think of it in terms of the hitting. And I always say, you know, domestic violence is 80% of what you don't see and 20% of what you do. So unfortunately, I've had two experiences uh, with two different relationships with that. And so while the first one uh, did have more physical uh, abuse associated with it, I always say the second relationship was longer and it was worse mm -hmm. uh, because it was everything but physical. So, you know, physical is easy to see. It's the other parts that we just kind of go with the flow with, you know. So anytime you are dealing with someone who is name calling, who's belittling you, who uh, embarrasses you, who takes, you know, your, your privileges away, so to speak. And when I say privileges, I mean things that are just common nature for us to be able to go and come as you please, spend right. time with friends, spend time with family, go to work, you know, right. go to your place of worship. Uh, and when you are not being allowed to do those things, those are all forms of abuse. And, you know, we just don't think about it. And when you hear people degrade you, talk about you, isolate you, remove you from friends and family who could possibly intervene, uh, what happens is you start to lose pieces of yourself and what you're being told becomes your reality. And wow. so that was a lot of my experiences. And in, in when I came to, to the decision to go ahead and leave, uh, it was a difficult process, but it is one that I am so glad that I took. But in the process of my leaving, uh, I dealt with a series of other adversities and barriers. And because of my background, you know, with having a college degree and having a job, you know, people just assume that, well, you could just bounce back and all will be well. But in my experience, which ironically is kind of similar to where we are now, you're talking about uh, things coming full circle. Uh, when I left for good, it was during the time of the recession. So wow. everyone was losing jobs and opportunities. And if you are in the Memphis area, you know, transit, uh, transportation is just not that great here. And because I didn't have any family here, that was an issue. I still had children who were in school. And so just navigating the system was really difficult and frustrating for me, uh, especially working with individuals within our social services departments who are not as sensitive and, and lack the empathy of really understanding what abuse is. And, you know, I literally had someone tell me, you know, well, you're smart, you're educated, you'll, you'll be fine, you'll bounce back. I had another one who told me, you know, uh, you're not trying hard enough. Wow. You know, and this was in an effort for me to try to find a job and, and just receive the basic tangible needs. So when you ask how I came into this, I just started sharing my experiences, honestly, on social media and uh, had the opportunity right before uh, our jobs were completely terminated because there were 230 plus of us who were laid off at that time but had the, the good fortune, the blessing of interacting with a gentleman uh, just as that transition was taking place and uh, encouraged me to start my own business. And in doing so, because I thought nobody's going to pay me to write or to speak or to share. And yes, they will. They, they do. So I want you all to know they do. Um, they still do, which kind of leads to how the abroad came about. So. In doing that, people would ask me the why behind the writing and, and the speaking and sharing. And so I would tell them about my experiences with abuse. 
And that turned into, can you come to my church? Can you talk to this youth group? Can you talk to this women's group? And it just grew from there. And so it, it really took a life of its own. Uh, we gave it a name. We called it Walking Into a New Life. And uh, the gentleman at that time uh, helped me to name it and said that it was a reflection of my own journey and just walking into a new life being a journey. And that's the other piece. I guess I want people to understand that this is a process uh, and it's it's lifelong process. But it's it's been life changing for me. Uh, that gentleman later became my husband. So, you know, a lot of great things that came as a result of my experiences. And so that's where Walking Into a New Life came from. That's my, my personal quick synopsis. Uh, it led me to being a lot more comfortable with speaking, teaching, training, uh, putting myself out there, you know, and just being transparent and honest. And it allowed people to uh, talk to me and to share with me in ways and in spaces that they had not always felt comfortable with because I was honest and transparent. You know, you, you have to be a bit guarded with some of the pieces of who you are because you don't want to exploit it. But, you know, just being me and sharing and doing what I've done, uh, I have to thank one of my, my really good friends, Sherilyn Payton, who shared online about an opportunity to uh, travel abroad and she was able to, to do some referring. And so to have her to endorse me and my work, uh, that spoke volumes because Sherilyn is very selective in the who's in the house. Uh, That's true. And, That's you know, so yeah, you know. Shout out to her. <laughs> so, but you know, with that, I thank her for it. But at the same time, I know that had I not done what I needed to do and do the work and present myself in a way that says I am capable because I've always been capable. But when you have someone in your ear who constantly makes you feel that you're not worthy, yes. you know, and so for me, I feel like I could have been doing a lot of what I'm doing now a long time ago, but I didn't have the confidence or the self-esteem to do it. So once I did and started really putting myself out there, then that gave other people the confidence in me to say, hey, there's this opportunity. There's this place to speak, this place to train. Uh, so for me, I spent three months in Germany and, and just over Europe to uh, facilitate, to be a, a benefits advisor for the military. Okay. And being able to talk and share with them and do workshops, do referrals, do consultations. It was it was an amazing, amazing experience. So just want people to really understand that, you know, with abuse, there is an aftermath. There is a life after if you are open and willing to just give that a chance, give life a chance. So. You know, Joyce, I appreciate you. And, you know, one of the things I will say, you know, the last couple of years, you know, really being in Memphis and understanding a lot of the interwoven experience of this city and this region, um, I've always admired your vulnerability because we are still in the South where a lot of things that stay at the house, you know, it's like, we like Vegas. It's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, what happens in Vegas, Vegas, Vegas? Right. What happens in the house stays <laughs> in the house. And you mm -hmm. being able to, you know, share your story and to champion other women who have shared experiences. And one thing I want to stress too, is that oftentimes we may feel like 
you know, that this type of awareness is only for the person who is at the end, I guess we could say the end receiver of the abuse or the trauma. However, as we've talked throughout the years, that it is also shared by the children, by the extended family, and by the friends. So for somebody, 2020 has been a challenging year for us on so many levels. And this did create opportunities for a lot of people to stay at home in toxic relationships, whether it was the parent, whether it was the spouse, whether it was the children who were having to be impacted. So what were some of the things, I know you were abroad for quite a bit of time, but even having to come back stateside due to the pandemic, um, what are some of the things that you have had to address coming back home? Well, you know, that I'm glad that you brought up the fact that, you know, right now we're in a time where it is extremely difficult for everyone. And so that's that's part of what, what I meant when I said things kind of come full circle, because I remember when I was transitioning out, the recession was happening and, you know, trying to just find a place to live was a challenge. You know, finding work was a challenge. How to balance family was a challenge and helping them to understand what was happening and why it was happening, you know, and, and just mentally, emotionally, I was fatigued. And so now looking at where we are now, this is 2020. For me, that was 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Here we are, 2020. We're in the middle of a pandemic. One of my escapes was being able to go to work yeah. every day. You know, so I knew that at least for a time, you know, you know, work presented a, a whole nother set of issues because it's work, you know, yeah. but but I was able to at least escape. And so yeah. a lot of people don't have that right now. So what I, I am sharing with individuals now, because we are seeing a rise of domestic violence, uh, May was a major month of disparity. I mean, the numbers really jumped in May um, and they're steadily climbing. There are people who are concerned about going to safe places because of COVID. I want to encourage people to still reach out to the shelters. They are doing everything in their power to ensure your safety as well as theirs. Uh, I'm encouraging people that even though we are social distancing, you know, if you have family or friends that has the extra room, the extra space, they're willing to take you you know, to please go, um, try to create as much of a safe space for yourself as you possibly can. I'm encouraging people to relocate as if it's, if that's something that they can do. Uh, one of the things with our organization, we have been blessed to have received a couple of grants here over the last couple of months where we've been able to at least assist people with their basic needs. You know, food was probably the number one thing that we were asked about more than anything else because we are being uh, closed in with one another. So, you know, if you're in need of masks, you're in need of food, if you're in need of resources, uh, being able to relocate. And sometimes it's not even relocating out of the city. Sometimes you just need to be able to relocate to a safe space while you're in transition to get to a shelter or transition to get to a family member or friend that can support you. Uh, So, you know, I ask people to please just reach out to us so that we can navigate the, the system as best as we can to assist you. If we can't do it, you know, I go out of my way to try to make sure that I refer people to places and organizations that where they can get there. I love you for that. I love you for that. Now, 
We do have across the bottom, the website, also a contact number for those who are in need, or if you know of someone who needs this type of support. Um, one of the things I know about walking to a new life is confidentiality, uh, sensitivity, and a lot of love, a lot of love and support. Now, what are some of the things, you know, because this is, you know, DV Awareness Month, mm -hmm. that you're noting has been the new trend when it comes to raising awareness? Right now, you know, we're, we've all been accustomed of, of doing things in person. Mm -hmm. And so now because of social distancing, the pandemic as a whole, we're having to change how we do that. We're really being proactive in meeting people where they are, though so that if you are in need of those tangible resources, again, if it's food, if it's uh, toiletries, you know, if it's clothing, those types of things, masks, that's a huge one. You know, we're coordinating so that we can meet you where you are so that we're safe, but so are you. Um, and then just doing more activities virtually, um, creating safe spaces, whether it's for counseling, uh, maybe you just need someone to talk to and to be able to self-express. We're doing a lot more things on a virtual space, as, as most people are right now. Uh, and so also, I want to make sure there are some people who are able to call and there are some people who have to email. So if you need to email us, you can always do so at info at wianl.org. So it's the email is just like our website, wianl.org, as you see scrolling across the bottom of the screen at the other screen. So just change that www to wi, excuse me, info at wianl.org and you can get us. Just reach out to us at any time. But yeah, that's been the biggest trend, just seeing that we're having to do things more virtually. But just know that in doing that, um, we will meet you where you are. And so many other agencies are doing the same, where they are meeting the needs of the clients wherever they are. All right. We'll be right back after this. We're back, we're back, we're back with Joyce Kyles of Walking Into a New Life and the Joyce Kyles Consulting Service. Joyce Kyles Consulting to be exact. Um, thank you so very much for being here. As we shift into the last few moments of today's show, you know, you have been speaking to us about walking into a new life, you know, the impact of domestic violence on our community. Of course, this is um Domestic Violence Awareness Month, the great resources that your organization has. And of course, they can email info at wianl.org, go to the website, also the phone number 901-466-6182. And as we get to the wrap up, I do want to go political. Now we are in a hotly contested national election and oftentimes certain subjects are not raised when it comes to the debates or to the discourse when it comes to elections, but you're in a very sensitive industry. Mm -hmm. What is 
some of the things that we need to be concerned about as we go to the polls this fall? Okay. Well, you know, as a nonprofit organization, we can't endorse any particular candidate, party, or what have you. Uh, I will say, though, as Joyce Kyles, the individual, I am going to ask everyone who's viewing to please think about the issues that matter to you. This is important to me. Domestic violence is important to me. The intersections as it relates to, you know, and that, that's important as, as I weave in the politicalness of all of this because everything has been politicized at this point. So when you're going to the polls, I want you to think about the issues that matter to you. And specifically with domestic violence, there's a lot of intersections that, that go along with that. So health and wellness is a part of domestic violence. Uh, reproductive health, reproductive justice is associated with domestic violence. Um, our economic justice platform is associated with domestic violence. You know, approximately 98% of those who go through domestic violence have also gone through some sort of financial abuse. You know, so all those issues are important. So how we take care of our families is going to matter. And if that person is going through abuse, you know, and, and hopefully you don't have a viewer today that's going through it, but the reality is, you know, one in four women and one in seven men do. And because of that, you know, there's a, a very strong possibility that someone who's watching right now is going through abuse. So I want people to look at this, not just from the national elections, but your local elections. You know, yeah. get to know who your, your state representatives are in your district. Find out, you know, what the senators are doing and ask. You know, I was on a... Um, on a platform earlier today, just as, as a listener, you know, just as an attendee, and they were talking about voting rights. And, you know, I'm going to encourage you all to vote early. Go early while, you know, you don't have to be concerned about which uh, poll to go to because early voting, you're, you're open to go at any of them. Uh, make sure you have your ID with you. You know, and go early because the lines are usually not very long. I know we have this absentee ballot as a possibility, but I'm I'm encouraging people to, if you can go early, just go vote. Don't don't rely on the post office that has been challenged. I just got a package that we have been trying to get for a month now. Wow. Uh, we just got it yesterday. You know, so and that was just something that that we wanted around the house. Something as, as important as your vote, your vote is your voice. Do not allow anybody to tell you that it does not count. Do not buy into that hype. Use your voice, uh, your rights matter. But if you don't exercise it every opportunity that you get on these issues that matter to you, then you can expect more of the same from all of your politicians because they will look at it and feel like, well, there's no pushback. No one's complaining. No one's saying anything. So we will continue on with the one year, two year, four year, whatever term they have. Uh, so right. that's what I would say. DV is an important issue of mine specifically, but there are so many intersections that are attached to it. Again, between your mental health, your reproductive health, your uh, emotional and financial well-being, they're all connected to domestic violence in some way. So your voice is, is my voice and my voice is your voice. And I think our collective voices need to be heard. So go to the polls. Thank you very much. Oftentimes, I like the fact that when we understand the broader concept and, and, and of, of an issue and how like, the, the intersections, 
Yes. So it's very important to represent those. You may not be in a relationship or even know someone intimately who has suffered or is going through this, but the economic issues, the mental mm-hmm. health, you know, even the fact that funding for, you know, different causes. So I appreciate you bringing that point out. Now, when it comes to support, um, of course, we all things don't come from the state or the city or federal funding. You did speak earlier about receiving grants. Now, let's talk about that particular aspect and how people can also support you as donors. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Um, of course, we have you know ways to be able to donate on our website through PayPal, through Cash App, those types of things. And because we are 501c3, uh, that does allow those donations to be tax deductible. When I speak on on grants, you know, we've never, as long as we've been in operation, we've never had any state grants. We've never had any federal grants. There are a lot of contingencies that come with that. And that's not to say that we won't look into doing those, but we have always operated as a grassroots type of organization. And so the people that have poured into us, whether it's been through private donors, private funding, uh, and then those grants have been local grants for individuals who know our work, agencies that know our work and our, our desire to help individuals with those tangible resources. We truly work to be a boots on the ground type of organization. So I'm just gonna ask as we move forward into this financial literacy piece that we're doing, which is more inclusive of health and wellness, uh, not just teaching you about your bank books and things like that, because if you only have X number of dollars in, there's only so much balancing you you can do, but that is a part of it. We wanna teach you on how to you know, cook on a budget, how to shop on a budget, we want to do check-ins on your health and wellness. We want to encourage you to get back into the job force. Or in this case, you know, I'm a prime example of what entrepreneurship looks like. So, you know, if you want to start your own business, how can we help you get started with that piece? So not only are we doing things for the tangibles, the soap, the, the dishwashing liquid, the detergent, the sanitary napkins, those things that we take for granted that people need, we're always going to provide there. We're going to always do pamper and support day. And I do want to share that as, as something that I would really like for people to, to buy into and pour into. We have done pamper and support day since 2012. And what that is, is an opportunity for us to be able to give victims and survivors um, self-care guides, self-care uh, packages. They've been able to get clothes, shoes, toiletries. Uh, we spend time talking about different subject matters. Uh, then we would do things like massages, manicures, pedicures, so yoga, all of that. So now we're moving more into a virtual space, so we can't do it in person, but we're still taking those donations because we're creating self-care bags to give to those victims and survivors. And then we're creating a platform where we can do things more virtually since we can't actually be in person. But we don't want to lose the momentum of that. And again, we still want to be able to give those stipends and things to individuals who they just need a helping hand. So PayPal, Cash App, if you have some grants that that you have, uh, you know, that have unrestricted or restricted funds, you know, let us know what the restrictions are so that we can make sure that we are in compliance. Uh, We need the help now more than ever. There are people who are sheltering in place who are dying to live. And we're trying to give them options and opportunities to be able to not only just survive and thrive, but to be
be able to reach back and help someone else who may be going through because to your point very quickly what you said about this not just impacting the individual it impacts the families the friends everyone it's so much more than the two people it's the children you know and again just as domestic violence has risen for adults um the domestic violence or sexual violence against children has also increased you know so we have to think about it. it's not just the adults that sheltering in place is these children too and yeah. for a lot of them school was an outlet for them right. Right. and now they're at home so there's a that's a whole nother subject a conversation yeah. so your help and your support your support your donations they don't just help the, the parents it's also helping those children with what they need so that they can all live in a community that they deserve and to live in peace joyce kyle's walking into a new life also the ceo of joyce kyle's consulting be sure to reach out to her, support her organization. And remember, it takes all of us to improve the lives of all. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.